0: Joshua, have you ever been to a one-year-old's birthday party?
1: Uh, wow. Yes, actually, I have. I, yeah. I have a beautiful nephew named Eric Raku, and mm-hmm. I was at his one-year-old birthday party. Well, why do you mention that? Why do you mention that, Adam?
0: Because I feel like that these one-year-old birthday parties are really for the parents and the parents' friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. Yeah, so mm. we're turning one in October.
1: Are you serious?
0: And we're throwing a party for the parents. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just guess, you and
1: I. <laughs> I guess we're the parents. Yay. Cool.
0: It is at Olak.
1: Mm, Chef Ito. A big shout out to Chef Ito. Tell us more about Olak. Olak. It's a plant-based restaurant. You like that? It's yeah. so L.A.,
0: huh? It's downtown. It's mm-hmm. right near the Walt Disney Concert Hall.
1: Mm-hmm. And across the street from uh, the uh, Music Dorothy Center. Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. Dorothy Chandler.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful location. Great mm-hmm. neighborhood.
1: Nice. E- easy parking, there's validated parking underneath the, the building.
0: And at this one year anniversary party, which will be October 18th from 7 to 9 pm, mm-hmm. uh, you can present material where it's going to be a little open mic. Yes. And so if you want to get up and read or do some material, mm-hmm. just email us at notes on your notes at gmail.com. But also more than that really than the open mic is it's an opportunity for all of the people in the LA community who are creative who are interested in process to come together and hang out with each other
1: yeah get inspired be inspired gather meet other like-minded like-spirited artistes
0: yeah and my two dads josh and i will be there (laughs) for the one year anniversary party
1: (laughs) Uh uh-huh we'll be there
0: you can count on me no matter what you do That was the Mighty Dads theme song That's sweet For those of you Those of were raised on television In the 90s uh, O'Loc, October 18th That's a Thursday It's downtown LA We would love for you to come Email us if you want to Present material At the open mic We will see you there Now arriving Downtown Santa Monica Station
1: Hey Adam it's time for Notes on Your Notes.
0: I'm Adam Lesser.
1: And I'm Joshua Townsend.
0: Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. Are you feeling falling? Folly are you feeling <laughs> folly Joshua
1: folly? It is folly. Yeah, I'm feeling very fall I'm really I mean, you know people say that there's no seasons in Southern, California. I disagree Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's what's your big oh my oh, you want to know how I can tell it's fall <laughs> Is I start wearing long sleeve sunny, you know, I, I start wearing long sleeve t-shirts at night. Oh, yeah Yeah, I mean it, it's, it's it's wintry. Yeah, it's, it's d- downright dangerous.
0: <laughs> actually, if you think about it, it's
1: freezing <laughs>
0: you know i lived in the northeast for seven years and Uh i don't miss much about it but the one thing i miss Mm. october
1: Mm. fall autumn autumn autumn
0: yeah there's so much texture yeah so much texture
1: the oranges and the reds
0: yeah if i could go i could spend october in upstate new york every year and be fine
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. when would you need to get out like,
0: mm, like november 9th
1: november 9th okay that's yeah year. that's, that's year.
0: like about because thanksgiving is really important in my family uh-huh like we were we always came home from college for thanksgiving oh. um, uh-huh. my sister even to this day you know six months out will book her, her thanksgiving plane ticket back from new york really yeah thanksgiving's a big deal my parents usually host it mm. and uh I think it's because we're Jewish and we don't have Christmas. (laughs) That's my theory. But I actually, I've just Mm -hmm. always intuitively loved Thanksgiving. I love the food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Big shout out to Hugo's, the restaurant in West Hollywood in Studio City. For all of November and part of December, they usually have a Thanksgiving menu. Oh, that's nice. So like I can have Thanksgiving food every week.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: But yeah, there's just something about the harvest concept Mm -hmm. uh, that I really like.
1: They also offer really great, you know, vegan um, options as well. <laughs> too. Just, just you know.
0: You guys is good, yeah, good yeah. people.
1: Yeah, they, they actually, they really are. Mung beans and rice.
0: So it's fall. Mm-hmm. Fall is about change and death.
1: It is. It, you know, you're right. You're right. Yeah, the underworld. You know, going in for the pomegranates, the uh,
0: ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Persephone's and all that,
1: and it's also, you know, the opposite of of spring. You yeah, know, where there's you know buds and bloomings, and mm. as opposed to deaths and dying, you know, because I guess I guess as as people as human beings, we're always looking at you know transitions and how one thing goes to the yeah. other.
0: Maybe that's why I like it. There's a quality of going inward. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. You know,
0: mm-hmm. there is a quality of uh, that's how I feel when I'm in it. Is yeah, depth. Mm -hmm. I feel like fall has depth.
1: Yeah, it is because you're going into the earth. You're going into the ground. You're being revitalized. Minerals. Actually, minerals are really important to have in the fall (laughs) season.
0: I love how you've taken me (laughs) along on your ride. I totally (laughs) consented to go to Josh land today. (laughs) I didn't even think about it. I'm like, oh, Josh, maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe it is about trace minerals in my inner life.
1: It is. It is. It's all about trace minerals.
0: Tell me, Maha Joshua. Tell me more.
1: Well, you know, there's nothing like potassium broth in the... uh, in the fall season, but that's another subject. So, you know, because we as human beings, we need to experience both. We need to experience both the fall and the spring, both
0: expansion people. and contraction, yes. as you would say.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree, and and that's part of the birthing process. Because if if you want to birth a baby, you have to go through both expansion and contraction. Yeah, not that we would <laughs> personally know that, but we can watch it.
0: We should do a pregnancy a pregnancy show. <laughs>
1: Josh yeah, and Adam yeah. on pregnancy. <laughs> That's so sad. Two, two, two guys, two single Listen guys. up, ladies. <laughs> yeah, we know what's real because we've seen it. We watched the documentary. On today's
0: show, we talk about maternity wear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: the do's and don'ts of maternity wear.
0: That's so, speaking of reversals, today's topic of today's show. I was like, oh, how do we get to the topic? Well,
1: yeah, no, it's true. I mean, guys talking about pregnancy and maternity wear is definitely a reversal. Reversal. That would be a reversal expectation. Yeah, you wouldn't expect, especially the voice you gave. That was really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, ladies.
0: (laughs) Hello, ladies. (laughs) It's another episode of Contraction and Expansion. (laughs) Expansion and Contraction. You see how I reversed that? Uh... We're going to talk about reversals and storytelling folks. All right, let's just get right to it. In 2010, an episode of this American life came out entitled save the day. It was episode 402. I'll put it in the show notes for the listeners. The opening story, what well, was not the opening, but the, the first act was uh, a story that was uh, told by a guy named James spring. James spring was a guy who had a job. I believe in San Diego Working in like radio advertising and 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 basically, not super happy with his life. Didn't feel like his life was very meaningful, and he wanted to do more with his life. He had a, he had a wife, he had a kids, and he said, "You know, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go do something to help the world." Now, Spring was a little interesting because he'd worked in Baja California in his early twenties, and I put "work" in quotation marks because basically he'd facilitated drug smuggling, and I think there was eventually a bust and. Basically he went straight and after that had a straight life, okay? But he felt like a little bit of emptiness. Anyways, he sees on the news that this couple has kidnapped their child because they're 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 drug addicts. Mm. The, the child was taken away from from the grandparents mm. and that they've killed uh their landlord, right? Wow. And they've gone on the run. Mm. And, you know, James Springs got kids and he said, and the the rumor is that they're in Baja. They've escaped, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, I know Baja. I'm going to take a week or two off and go try to find these people. Right. Wow. I'm worried about these kids. Mm -hmm. One of them, I think, may have had an intellectual disability. Mm. And there were two kids um, in the hands of drug addict parents uh, who have just murdered someone. Right. Wow. So this is my chance. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say kudos to James Spring because it is the most, it, it is incredibly well narrated, The story. Mm-hmm. So he goes on the, and his wife is just like, what are you doing? We have a nice life here in San Diego. And he's just like, No, I'm going. Gets in his car, drives to Baja. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably not the safest part of the world to begin with. Right. Right. Prints up flyers, drives from town to town puts him up, asks, is looking, is looking, is looking. Eventually a clerk at a grocery store sees his flyer and says, I've seen these people. I've seen these people. These people are here. Tracks him down, eyeballs him, goes to the local police station, calls the U.S. Marshal. The U.S. Marshal says, you got to wait a day. We need to get permission mm-hmm. to do the bus to track him down. Whoa. He's like, We can't wait that long. I'm the only white guy in this town. It's a small town. They're gonna know someone's looking for them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The local officials apparently sound like, from what I can tell, we're super great. They call in the federales. These guys get trucked in, backup trucks, guns, mustaches. They're ready to take these guys down. Wow. And they go in and they get this family, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So this is a very morally straight story up to now,
1: yeah, I like simple stories, and right. they're simple and easy and direct and easy to follow. It makes right. my life feel more secure.
0: This story could have ended right here, on this American Life, and I think it still would have been compelling. Mm-hmm. But then this happens. Spring ends up in a, de- in, a, in, in a basically in a room at the police station with the mother and mm-hmm. the kids. Okay. The the father's taken separately and placed in jail in a in a detention you know, in, in a prison and he starts to see the, the daughter interact with the mother and he's like, she seems like a good mom. seems like a good mother.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they go back to the U S they're extra They go back to the U S the father then claims that he wasn't in fact, uh, it wasn't in fact a murder. He was in self-defense. Hmm. And then spring gets a call from the grandparents in which He gets the feeling that maybe the grandparents maybe aren't as great as he thought they were. And he starts to get morally conflicted Hmm. and wonder if the consequence to his actions is actually that great. Hmm. He gets called to go on all these morning talk shows. Mm -hmm. And he can only, he does like two or three of them before he can't go anymore because he doesn't feel like a hero. Right?
1: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm.
0: And it's this final, like 20% of the story that I thought was just so fascinating because it goes from being such a clean story about a guy, a personal story about wanting redemption in the world to do something right, Mm -hmm. to finally feel like he has having a real impact. Mm -hmm. Then rather than just working this day to day, nine to five job, living in this safe San Diego suburb with this meaningful, meaningless life, this meaningless life. And then it takes this really weird turn. Mm hmm. Of like, did I do the like? Like, maybe I'm gonna end up responsible for separating these children from their mother and father, and maybe the home they grow up in is not. And you know, and the kids just know that they're gonna be separated from their parents. They don't know their parents are killers, right? Right. Potentially. Right. right. Mm-hmm. The topic of today's show is reversals. I thought this was an incredibly interesting idea of a reversal because it's not just like a, it's whodunit like the usual suspects, mm-hmm. like the usual suspects. It's like. Oh my God, Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Jose, It was this mystery all along.
1: Well, it's actually a device at that point. Right. Like what the example you're using for usual suspects. Usual suspects. This is actually a moral reversal. Yes. And it's a discovery. Yeah. Yeah. What I
0: Mm -hmm. thought I was doing Mm -hmm. and the consequences of my actions Mm -hmm. are much more gray than I ever thought.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Unintended. Unintended Unintended. consequences. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's what I felt gave this story a little bit something more powerful. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. So I want to, you know, you, you shared it beautifully. I just want to break it out a little bit because if we're to look at this as a regular narrative, not a documentary or yeah. real life story, it's, it's exactly what we look for. It's the guy or the girl, whoever, the main character, and there's their life is out of bounds, and this guy is, has no, uh, no passion, no joie de vivre for his life. He's sort of living a gray life. And then uh, he sees something that he can be a part of, and then he goes into another world. Right? He crosses the border, literally and figuratively, and then he does the right thing. And you're absolutely right in the sense of of the story could end there, and then it would be one of those uh, morality plays. You know, yeah. No bad deed goes unpunished, and you know, you will yeah. you'll, be, you'll be you will be caught. And then the turn comes, or the beginning of the turn, which is that thing of like, which is, you know, when, when you work in prisons like I have. No, just kidding. Um, but when, <laughs> you work in, you know, <laughs> when you work in prisons, and they always tell you, like, don't get too close to the people. Like, keep your professional distance because then you become involved in their story. And that's what happened here. That was the, that was the crack. That was yeah. The, yeah. And because of that, you open up another world, and then you're responsible for, for the actions that you've done.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. not an abstract evil that makes you feel good. It's now like someone's child in you,
1: and it's also breaking down the stereotype of the gra- of the grandparents, which I thought was interesting too. Because you know, as soon as you say grandparents, I-, I think of Little Red Riding Hood or Hansel and Gretel, and yeah. I think, oh, grandparents are yeah. they bake things and they're nice to their kids. Yeah. But no, they they can be evil too.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So breaking down stereotypes would be another important.
0: We've talked about, this. on an institutional level, this is obvious. often a, um, a structure of drug, drug cartel stories. Mm-hmm. You know, where there's this righteous US government DEA agent who gets into it to fight the war on drugs. And because the war on drugs is so complicated and um, ineffective, mm-hmm. usually these uh, agents eventually have some sort of moment where they realize that the consequences to their behavior is not all good mm-hmm. and it's not achieving an end and people are dying and there's this muddy morality now this is as you've pointed out to me this is an institutional question mm, yeah an inst- institution of a war we're fighting yeah you know the same way a movie about the vietnam war or anything mm-hmm. like that yeah like sicario a drugs uh, is a you know Denis Villeneuve's story story about you know drug the drug war mm-hmm. um it's fictional He's the director who made Arrival, one of my favorite movies. But yeah, it has a bit of that. But yeah. but this example from This American Life was more interesting because it was so personal, which is always a good thing with your characters. When your character's morality gets muddy, mm-hmm. it's great. It's bad if I think it's always muddy in the story. But when if it's st- when it starts strict, and then t- takes a little, and then it gets complicated. That I think can be really interesting. Hard to do well.
1: It's hard to do well, but it also what you're bringing in is beautiful because it is that element of the character trait. So if the character, and that's what I was saying before, how it's like, oh, I feel so good when my when my life is so simple and clean and everything is in order and direct, because that's how if I was drawing this character, that's how I would draw him. He was perhaps a born again Christian, basically someone w- with high structure and 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 there's no gray area; it's either black or white. Yeah, and that would that would be the crack that he would have to go through because if he's already if he already lives a very open and freestyle lifestyle, then well, first of all, he probably wouldn't be motivated to right the wrong, yeah. Uh, and then, second of all, it, it would roll out differently. So that actually, that because then it then it becomes a story about a, a personal transformation of of him, yeah, of the guy.
0: And everything is built into his character. He used to he used to run drugs in Baja, right? Like he, it's just so per- the fact that it was an actual real story, yeah. It's so layered. And everything is set up perfectly. He's the one guy who can do this. He's the one guy. He knows. He speaks Spanish. He knows the. He knows all the roads through Baja. He knows, you know, how checkpoints work. He knows how to bribe um, checkpoints throughout Baja California. He talks about how he bribes those guys to help him. He's the perfect character to do the job.
1: And in a way, he is that, or he could have been that parent. You know, the drug addicted parent. And so he's yeah. So that's it's really. Well done.
0: And knowing, having been such a fan of This American Life for so many years, listening to this, I'm like, I wonder if they would have taken this story to air without the reversal, because they were always looking for com- more and more complex narratives that had more and more depth of character. And I'm like, I wonder if they, if this guy had brought this story in, they would have said no. I, I, I if it was a straight one.
1: Yeah, I, because I, then it's just a morality play. It's like all the other ones. It's like, yeah. and that's what they would run on. You know on NBC.
0: Right. And that, fact, that's, that's and it, like Dateline.
1: That's Dateline. And in fact, that is what happened to him. He got on Dateline or the equivalent of, and he was like, I can't do this because it, it was incongruent. Yeah, like
0: cable news. He couldn't do those cable news interviews. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's, that's actually really kind of cool in terms of building out a narrative.
0: So I want to just say for people at home who are working on stories, scripts, the consideration would be, um, uh, what is what could be more morally complicated for your character? What are the consequences to your character's actions? Um, essentially, what could the reversal be from the personal character perspective? And it's a hard thing to do. Don't force it because you can always tell when it's contrived. Um, some character does something out of character for no mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. But see if you can build it in. And what was built in in this story was that he was set up as someone who wanted to do something good so that's why the reversal works he comes to it from not having any meaning in his life and craving meaning Mm -hmm. so when he doesn't get meaning in quite the same way Mm -hmm. that he expects then it's this great reversal as as you say if he's if he's living a different yeah yeah
1: yeah because it has to do with his intention So here's an exercise that you could – because I'm all about, like, exercises and finding ways, techniques on how to do this stuff. But, like, here's the thing is that if you take take any one of your characters and you reverse the character, then you open the door to changing your perception about what that character could mean or do in your screenplay or movie or script or – Do you think
0: it's helpful to even ask the question like, "What's the other perspective on my character than the one I have right now?"
1: Yeah, as a writer, because as a writer, well, there's two there's two things operating. One is is I can take on the point of view of the character, which would which would could already open the door to me, like, "No, no, you don't understand. I'm on the run because no one would believe me because the grandparents were evil and they were like they were killing, you know, blah blah blah." That's that's the justifiers or that's the background. so you can do it from the character's point of view, or you can do it from the, the writer's perspective of I view these parents as drug-addicted, evil people. Right. What if what if they're not really? What if they had a bad rap? They have a they have a they have a, a history, but it's not true, right? And what if they were doing this to protect their kids?
0: This is such a great tool for writing great antagonists. Mm-hmm. I know you don't like that word, but Ooh, like, I know I used, used the bad the, word.
1: Use the p word. Let's. <laughs> I used the a word,
0: but the p word is not far from the antagonist. Oh, pro or pro t- and antagonist. But yeah, for either. someone, let's just say <laughs> a character you find um, spelling was never really to be mine. evil. Yes. Uh huh. Well, like if you're writing an action movie. <laughs> yes. A way to add depth to your action movie is to ask yourself. Yeah. But. P- yeah. Potentially. What's another layer to this evil person? Why is this person evil? Mm-hmm. How did this person get this way? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's probably better to do it with your main characters typically. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. because It's a complicated thing But sometimes there's a certain solidity in storytelling to having some people just be clear But like meaning like having the antagonist. I know you hate that word just being clear in their intention But at the same time, you know, just always asking like what is this aberrant behavior and how did this person get there? And is there another way of looking at this?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Because that opens the door to something. Whether it's a reversal morally or not, it does open the door to like us being more interested in your character.
1: Yes. And then also look at your pr- protagonist or look at your certain character that's moving the story in a forward direction and, and, and do a switch. And pretend that they're the one who's blocking it, and the other one is the one who's 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 being who's providing the forward movement, and it has to do with perspective. So if 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 the I'm trying to think of like a good example would be a good
0: example. Well, you know, I was thinking about Walter White as you're talking, but I don't know mm-hmm. if you think that's just because uh, he's
1: an anti-hero at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And apparently, well, two things: one. Um, the reversal occurs in the pilot. Right, he starts out a straight guy and he mm-hmm. goes wrong, and we know layered reasons why mm-hmm. everything makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But then he takes makes another reversal, right, where he becomes amoral in the show, right, mm-hmm. where he just becomes a guy obsessed with money. And I didn't get, I didn't watch the entire show. He Sorry. kills,
1: he kills uh, Jesse's or whoever's girlfriend because you
0: know. Would have ruin it for me. Thank you.
1: Oh, t- should I say spoiler alert on a show that aired like six years ago? <laughs> I, f- I forgot. I only, watch, only watched the first season. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, he winds up not helping someone, right. and and so and then she dies because he, you know, he's passive. Right. 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 Moral.
0: To so reversals, another layer you can add to your characters, another thing to think about from the folks at Notes on Your Notes. For more notes on your notes, please go to our Facebook page and like it. Joshua adds new content multiple times a week. Um, oh my think- God! I meant, I meant. I, sorry,
1: I, I didn't mean to interrupt. But uh, we're, I'm having that class, and I made a commitment to everyone that I would post the writing prompt of that week on, on our Facebook page.
0: So, so just a to- reminder, Josh is teaching at the braid right now in Santa Monica. It's a theater, uh, and he's teaching on creative process for writers, actors, directors, storytellers, anyone interested in process. Uh, it's an amazing class yeah. and already amazing work is emerging, really good work. And so he's posting the prompts that he gives as homework, yeah. um, fun work. So that's another thing. And the final thing I would ask is we would love some more iTunes reviews. We already have, I think we're 35, 40, but it would really help us. We're sort of at the cusp of reaching that next level as a podcast. And so if you've enjoyed the show, Josh and I have put hundreds and hundreds of hours into it. And we would so appreciate it. Just going, spending about two and a half minutes on <laughs> iTunes <laughs> and just leaving a, a five-star review for for us. Mm-hmm. The sound on our show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod and the editing and design is courtesy of me talking to you.